What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode number 71, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. founder numero uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, who is down the on-deck circle. Let's see what's going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Thank you for uh, showing up to work on like Ben Baseball. Yeah, no, I, I'm happy to be here. My power was out like an hour ago and it popped back on, so here we are. Perfect timing, though. Really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's been a. I feel like baseball's been a little bit more lively this week, and a lot going on. I actually watched a lot more of the Padres just because one, I stay up late all the time because I'm you know weird that way, and that's what I typically stay up and work. And then I was just kind of interested. It just sort of inspired me from our last show. Well, that's awesome. How did they do? They've actually looked really good. They've won like all. I think I think I've watched four games of theirs. They won all of them. So. Wow. I mean, they're not bad, dude. They really seem to gel well together. Eric Hosmer is a leader on that team, which is kind of weird to see, I guess. Is Will Myers still good? Mm, was Will Myers ever that good to begin with? So he, in short bursts, shows flashes of dominance. Greatness. Like, a uh, better Joey Votto, maybe, even. If yeah. it could just remain steady. And there's just something about a guy who hits with no batting gloves that I really appreciate. And Will Myers, he's a no batting gloves guy. That may explain some of his issues, though. Yeah, it's always a wrist injury. <laughs> I get it. I love the grittiness of it. We've talked about the grittiness of baseball before. But yeah, I, I and I love it. But I can't help but think maybe that plays some part of it. I love the axe handle bats, though. Those guys are a bunch of hard asses. Yeah, what's I need to understand the the science behind that but i'm not exactly cool. sure but apparently it's just supposed to be way more comfortable in your hand as a whole and i guess i kind of see the vision of it just the way it's sort of shaped but i don't know I, I would be interested to really if my shoulder would allow me to actually do this i would be interested to go out there and hit in the cage for like you know a couple of days straight with like a regular bat and then switch and just see what it feels like I will happily do an A-B test for the pod and come back with some some preliminary results. That's a fantastic idea. Next time we get together, we're going to do this. Okay, cool. All right. So we could even try to do this in Colorado. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I mean, boy. the altitude's going to really make me look good, though. <laughs> it is a hitter's place, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, that's fine, man. I'm, I'm happy to watch you hit all, home runs all day long out there if it means that we're going to get content out of it and that we're going to test this axe handle thing. Hell Yes. Hell yeah. All right. This is we're chalking this one up on the big board. We're going to make this happen. Dude, I was looking at it the other day. So we're like about just about halfway through the season. And so we're close to the all-star break in about a week. And oh. I was but I was looking at the all-star break. It feels really short this year. Good. You know what sucks? The all-star break. It does. But I think teams really benefit from the time off overall. I, I, I get it. Uh. But. And it kind of comes at like the worst time just because you're actually off work and can watch baseball all day long and you can't. So it's true. It, it, that definitely sucks about it, but I get the rest part of it as well. Yeah, the rest makes sense. I always find myself on the all-star break by day two and just sort of looking at my hands and like, what do, what do I do with my hands now? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't really know. I know. It happens every year. 
And then it's back. And I'm like, yes, thank God the season started all over again. Well, and you always have like the Braves playing the Nationals or whatever it was at Fort Bragg that they do. Yeah. And which is awesome, but it ends up being really shitty baseball. And that's kind of the (laughs) that's the bummer part of it. So true. I didn't I didn't I guess I didn't look at the schedule to recognize that it's shorter. So good news, bad news there, I guess. Yeah, because you have like Monday, Tuesday, that's the home run derby and then the all-star break or the all-star game. And then you have two days off and then baseball starts again that weekend. Oof, woof. So it feels shorter, doesn't it? Maybe I think not. so. I don't know. Yeah. It's better spaced out, though. Like, I've definitely noticed that team schedules are better spaced out this year. That's good. Yeah, I've noticed there's um, a trend where teams will get a Thursday off. And then they'll play a full week and then they'll get a Monday off. Yeah. Which is a nice, they're like budding up closer off days as opposed to getting like one a month. Yes. Um, Or going on like a a 17 day road trip. I agree. I think they've done something with their scheduling to make it a little bit easier on them. They must have because yeah, to your point, I hate when the Red Sox go to like to the West coast and they're out there for like the better part of two weeks. And they're, I mean, it's just miserable on me. It's miserable on them even more. So it's, you know, it's miserable all the way around, and it's usually not great baseball. So it's, yeah. you know, it, it, I get having to break that up, though, man, because it is brutal. But I also understand the logic of doing it all at one time. So then that way, you, you know, like there's definitely logic to it. But the weirdest thing I think that's going on that I noticed today and I hadn't really thought much about is the Red Sox are playing the Yankees in London like a week from now. Well, that that's cool. So I heard something about a London series, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I didn't look into it. Yeah, but that's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible, and it's going right into the All Star break, which I think is cool. It's the 30th at like 9 a.m. and the 30 no the first at like uh, noon or something like that. So obviously they're late games for them, but yeah. So uh, baseball is like a derivative of cricket, right? Ipso facto, this is like the fatherland of baseball. Yeah, I think so. Is that the thinking? Uh, I don't know, but it is America's pastime, so I'm not sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's just football, it's derivative, right? Yeah. Yeah. Football does well. NFL football does well when they go and play in Wembley. Yeah. It's like always well. the Jaguars versus Browns or some shit. Yeah. Some bad but matchup. You've got to think that this will get a great turnout. Just the novelty factor. You've got to. And I think it's a big deal. I, I It's a worldwide sport. Like, it really is. So, I think you're going to. I mean, I don't think that you're over there for the same reasons that the NFL is necessarily over there, right? I mean, the NFL is looking at expanding over there at some point. I mean, that's just going to yeah. happen. And, I mean, it may not be in the immediate future, but it will it will come at some point. Yeah, I think the fact that they're sending the two most popular teams, or two of the most popular teams. A big rivalry, um, so, all that. Yeah, huge yeah. rivalry, old teams, um, says a lot about the motive in that they're not trying to bring either of these teams to London. Um, <laughs> right. They really want it to be like an exhibition and have like a lot of fun and, and show good baseball. Like there are going to be so many fucking home runs in that series. Oh yeah. It's going to be an absolute bomb factory. It's going to be ridiculous. You just think like if you live in London and you're going to see um, uh, an American major league baseball game, you get a home run ball. How cool would that be? That'd be incredible. I would, that would be on my mantle forever. No I'm totally it. for this, despite the the travel and the delays or whatever. I know it's during the All Star break, so there's, you know, it's less impactful for sure because of that. I'm all for this. This is really cool. Yeah, they put it at a really good time, so I'm I'm happy with it. I mean, I guess what they could do is they could loop 
now that they're going London, they could root, loop Montreal in and, you know, send the Rays. And then you get this whole wow. mix of things we've got going on, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, okay, you yeah. know, <laughs> I'm no not comment. amused. I'm not amused. That's all I'll say. We'll lead <laughs> off with that. But, yeah, man, it's it's awesome. I like how they've scheduled things other than it feels like the All-Star break is a little shorter this year. But, you know, yeah. I think overall it's a good thing. I and I mean, it's not like everybody's participating in the All-Star Game or the Home Run Derby. And the All-Star Game is, I mean, come on. It's not. Yeah. There's no skin in the game anymore. Right. Which I actually liked. A lot of people didn't like that. I liked that. I like that they had skin in the game, and I'm displeased that there's no longer a meaning to the game. Yeah. So you preferred to have it determine the, the home field advantage for the World Series. Fuck yeah. The AL is always winning. Agreed. I'm with you. <laughs> I think that's why NL teams hated it. Yeah, well, I mean, they have an unfair advantage when it actually matters in the World Series because they have pitchers who hit all the time. Yeah, that's true. But think about, like, <laughs> I would really be interested to look at, like, the actual record going all the way back, first of all. That would be. Oh, I think the NLs won, like, six, six out of, I'm going to say, like, 40. That is so brutal. <laughs> that's so unfortunate. I, I could be wrong. We'll, we'll fact check this and get back to. Uh, you guys next time about that one but yeah. pretty sure it's lopsided al yeah we'll put the uh the interns on it but i think like there's there's got to be i don't know it seems like a lot of people uh, is did i see that christian yelich is participating in the the home run derby is he good for him no uh so i know that vlad is let me look at this real quick God damn it. Vlad is not as good as he should be. Is Vlad bad? Vlad's bad, right? Just so far, man. But he's going to... It's his first year. You know, pitchers are are figuring him out a little bit, right? So, I mean, there's going to be some of that, too. So, I think ultimately he's going to be really good. It's just he is really young, and they brought him up really quickly. It's true. He's got time. I wouldn't classify him as bad, but he's probably not the fantasy hope that you thought you had. Correct. At least that this year. Correct. At least this year. But I think, like, overall, he's still going to be really fucking good. He just may be good in a, I don't know, a different way. His dad was, like, wildly productive, I feel like. It was, like, efficient, I guess is the better word. Yeah, I mean, he swung at everything, everything. so he was wild in that way. Well, he was wild in that way, but it was, it's like it worked so well, though. It got him on base, and that's usually just what mattered at that point in time. Yeah, for sure. But I can't imagine that Junior is going to be that guy because he is such a large human being. Yeah, I've got to imagine that he'll pick it up, but it might not even be this season. I'm carrying some dead weight there. Yeah, you definitely are. And you're carrying enough injured bad weight right now in fantasy as it is. I'll take third place. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's no 10th place. Jason um, has slipped from ninth to 10th out of 10 places. What's his record? Um, has he won two games? Two games out of 12. He's two and 10. So what's one year Ivan's record? He's two and 10 also, but has scored more points. How By, by a lot? By t- 10. Less than 10. Okay, that's not great. <laughs> 9.08 points more. I was trying to help out one year Ivan, but... You know, that's negligible, I th- I would say. No. That's a Matt Barnes save away from being under Jason. So, You know what I would love to do is have a development league that I run and the pro league, mm. and then I can constantly relegate teams to and fro as needed. Like, there are plenty of people that, like, want to be in this league, um, and I've booted them because they're not serious. 
like I should give them an opportunity to not be serious in the losers league. I agree with that. And then you get like we kind of did that last year. Where we punted a lot of people. We did, but Ben and I I had another league where Ben and Jason and a couple others were in and they paid attention and did well in it last year. So that's why so I mean ipso facto we kind of did that as it is. It just worked out informally. Yeah, that's awesome. But you know, mm. I mean, good for Jason at that point, but bad for Jason now. Because he's made a real ass out of himself in the big leagues. Well, I mean, the unwritten rules are working against him. The written rules are working against him. It's just not going well. Yeah, no, not really at all. I'm I what was the chatter that we had the other night cuz dude, I was loving that you were buzzing him in our chat. Oh, it was something to the effect of, hey, it's been 11 and a half weeks since you proclaimed that you were going to surge surge back. Like, how's the weather down there? <laughs> yeah, and then I responded with, I've got an extra spot on my DL for your starting shortstop, which was Carlos Correa. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, still come on, man. Not he, great. It, it would I be said, one thing if he was just bad, but he he has so many moves that he could make that he hasn't. And, like, I started off 0-4, and, and I completely revamped my team through shrewd moves and stuff like that, and I held on to the right people knowing they would get going, but I also booted a bunch of people because we always make changes to the league every year as far as yep. scoring, so I had to go through and, I have to go through and figure out who still matters as far as relevancy to scoring and who's going to get me more and all that. You know, and so you just got to go through and play the wire a little bit. That's we've talked about it before on here. If you want to yep. win in fantasy baseball, you got to play the wire. It's just how it works. It's, yeah. And, you know, it's actually not that hard. Um, these tools these days do a lot of work for you. They'll tell you which guys are being picked up with the most volume. So you can just be like, oh, 11,000 uh, 11, other people think that this guy's good. Without even looking at a thing, you can pick that guy up and have a good shot at that guy being okay. Right. And I mean, if anything, you get a little bit out of him and then he sucks and you drop him. I mean, sure. you know, that's kind of been the story of like a lot of players that I've had, like Matt Barnes this season, where they've ultimately netted negative one point. You know, that's just not worth it to me to have. So, you know, I mean, we'll get into I, you that have no bit, sympathy but. from me on Matt Barnes. No, I told you that guy long ago. No, you sure did. But I'm just saying, though, that it's an, uh, an ebb and flow thing with him. But I'm just tired of riding that out. So I got rid of him, yeah. you know, and, and you've got to you got to make decisions like that at the right time. And uh, whenever you're dead, even is a decent time to get out of it. Yeah. Um, no one, that guy's never going to be dead. Even Jason, Jason will never be dead. Even no, what I'm trying to definitely not. He, he's Ugh. got some explaining to do for himself. You know, I think he, he strikes me as the type of guy that might just go silent and then be like, I'm not playing next year. <laughs> no, he's definitely going to get competitive about it. If we stoke his fire enough. So I, I know him better than that. Hmm. Do you think he's one of those guys who's like, oh, I was just waiting for the playoffs to swing around and now oh, no. it's going to get serious? Not when you've got two wins on your record. You can't be one of those guys. You know, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. If he won every other game, I think he would still be out of contention. Oh yeah, almost certainly. That's a terrible start to get out to. Mm -mm. Like I got so. out to zero and four and was a little bit concerned, but I also knew that I was making the right moves to pick it up, so I wasn't concerned. Overall. You know, I think I've got maybe four or five more weeks in me of ripping on Jason, and then I'm going to start feeling sorry for him. Yeah, I know. He'll he'll figure it out. He okay. really will. Uh, dude, you sent me this the other day. You threw it in our Slack chat. No more Mazzara hitting that home run was the most Ooh. unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Yes. So no more Mazzara at Arlington hit 
a home run that was 505 feet. Um, that was the longest home run at Arlington and uh, far and away the longest this year. That is crazy. So where did it, so it was 505 feet. Yes. Where would it that have hit in Arlington? Like where, I, I forget where it hit kind of. It was three rows from the top of the third deck. Jesus. The home, you know, the home run porch that's got yeah. that big metal roof. Yep. It was like, okay, so it hit about eight rows from the top of the third deck and then bounced one bounced up to like the very top of the third deck. That is crazy. Yes. Um, so the balls are juiced, not juiced this year. Um, the players are saying this is, this is a tangent from the home run itself, which was just a mammoth. Um, he got a hold of all of that. He got a hold of all of it. He had the home run length record for the year already at 482. Um, and now has topped himself for the year with 505. He also, last year's side note, he had a 491 foot home run. So this guy doesn't hit a shitload of home runs, but, but he, when he does, they are fucking long. Yeah. He hits the uh, living piss but, out of the ball. Unbelievable. The players are saying that this year the balls have less drag on them. Like the seams aren't raised as much and the holes for the seams are actually a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. So the resistance is just lower to the point where the ball's going further easily. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. You got to think that some science goes into that specifically to know that that's the case because that's the way things have gone is hitters attract eyes. That's what the MLB thinks, which is true. It's definitely yes. true. And we've made that argument against the NL many times. And I, I mean, to an extent, the NLs even become way more offensive in the last, yes. you know, probably 10 years, I would if say. You look, if you look at the leaders for NL or for all of hitting stats, the NL is all of it. Josh Bell with RBIs, Bellinger, I think, with average and home runs. Um, all, all of the offensive stat uh, leaders belong in the NL. Yeah, no, they absolutely do. And it's... It's not even really close in a lot of ways, too. Like, uh, that Dodgers team, by the way, is absolutely ridiculous. I saw them play the other day, and they were just... It was that game where Chris Taylor hit the walk-off grand slam. Unbelievable. Just absolutely unreal. And all those guys are just rookie guys. Just young dudes. Just out there raking. I love that. No, I'm with you. But the Dodgers make it so hard to hate them sometimes. It's true. They've got a good. They've got a good feel to them this year. Um, I had a moment today. I was watching some sort of baseball show. It must have been Sports Center. Um, I was watching that, and I had a moment. I said, "Ah, the Dodgers will fall apart." And then I was like, "No, they won't. <laughs> I don't no, think they're going to fall apart." I don't think year. they're going to fall apart at all. I really don't. I think that they are legit as hell, man. They top to bottom, they've been incredible all the way through they remind me of how the red sox were last year where they just they they'll get up like two or three runs in a game and then they just won't let that lead go so if we were to revise our predictions for the year mid-season i think i'd probably have them winning the series yeah i don't hate that i mean there's definitely a better chance of it now i mean anything could really happen but i just ah dude i don't know i think they look more and more legit every day and i mean i think they look more legit than the twins do god yeah the twins are fourth in the power rankings right now how unbelievable is that uh not that unbelievable i've been saying this since the very beginning of the year like i want to make sure that the twins are for real i don't know that that team's for real 
I believe the the Twins absolutely need to go out before the deadline and pick up some some very important pitching pieces for them to be legit in my mind. I agree. I mean, it's at the minimum going to be like a mad bum or something like that. Ooh. At the minimum. Man, do you think that man would be happy in Minnesota? I do not. I don't think that man's going to be happy anywhere, though. That guy just chirps at everybody who hits a home run. Boy, he's really not happy about them loosening the chains on that whole pimping the home run thing. He's really oh, not I, thrilled. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that it rubs him the wrong way like that. It's hilarious. He's just such an old man. I know. And I, I get where he's coming from in a way, but come on, man. Like, that's not the way this is going anymore. Right. Yeah. Get get on board or get the fuck out of the way. Exactly. But regardless, I just don't think that the, the Twins make that kind of run without adding some reinforcement like him. I, I just totally. don't see it. I, I really don't. They... Every time there's been three weekends in the last month where I've t- tuned into it'd be like a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday game where they're playing the god awful Royals and they're getting their dicks punched in. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> it, it's and so it's like they're supposed to be beating up on teams that are bad like that, but they're not. And right. we'll talk about the Royals here in a second because I've got a couple of really interesting things to bring to your attention. But I just don't understand why they're not killing those teams, but they seem to be really putting a whooping on teams like on the road and, you know, pretty good teams, which I mean, I guess is all that really matters. But yeah, those are kind of fluky, though, usually it feels fluky. Yeah, it feels fluky. It feels not. It doesn't go with the trend, right? Yeah. And that you've always got to wonder about that. Like at the end of the day, it all comes back to the trend and the actual like reverting the mean. It always yes. does in baseball, no matter what analytics and all that tell you. And that's why it's so weirdly valuable, but also invaluable for the use of analytics in the game at all. Yeah, 100%. There's still the human element. But I just feel like they're going to spin their wheels against most teams. I mean, if they end up playing... So right now, they would end up playing the Yankees more than likely. Oh, woof. And that would be, a, first of all, a hell of a series. But the Yankees would kill them. So have you heard the rumor that the Yankees are doing going to do whatever it takes, in quotes, by Cashman to get uh, Mad Max? No, I have not heard that. That's, that's a rumor that Brian Cashman said, we'll do whatever it takes to get Max Scherzer before the deadline. And the Nationals say, good fucking luck. I don't blame them. Other than the fact that they're paying him until like 2060. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a 10-year contract sounds great of deferred money for 50 years. Come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, um, I think what I, the, the speculation is that the Nationals want Max Scherzer to be their first Hall of Famer. And he's the guy who puts butts in seats. I mean, with both colored eyes. Yeah. That bothers me so much about him. It really does. I love that picture of him with a black eye under the blue one, and it makes his blue eye look brown like the other one. You had me rolling whenever you sent that to me the other day. Rolling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, so he was in batting practice and took one right back to the face. Is that, isn't that what it, what it was? Yeah. He was bunting like an idiot, really yeah. haphazardly. Um, and he stabbed at a ball like with the bat vertical almost, and it went right off the bat and into his nose. That's what he gets. Did he actually break his nose? I heard he broke it. Um, he didn't miss his next start. He they delayed it by one day, and the rainout actually made that okay. So he pitched the next day, the second day, 
second game of the doubleheader. What a hard um, ass. Was nails. He was really good. What he's so good though. Like it's the eye thing bothers me, but he's so goddamn good. But I just think that national team is a shitty spot for him to be. Um. Yeah. You know. I think they just they missed their window. I think they missed their window. Yeah, they let Bryce Harper walk out the door. <laughs> they definitely let <laughs> Mister Window. Yeah. I mean, that is and bad. Strasburg's never panned out appropriately. He's been pretty good this year, though. The Orchid. I mean, I'll take his performance. I think he's exactly probably what he what we thought he would be, like a good two three guy. I don't know if I'd I want him as my ace, though. I was always thinking he was ace material, and I think that was some of the speculation. But Well, yeah, I mean, whenever they wouldn't stop talking about shutting him down for the season, I mean, they may, really made it sound that way. Oh, that's right. Ugh. That was such a storyline that just made me sick to listen to. I know. I'm so sick of that shit. I know. But, I mean, the Nats are still kind of above water. I mean, they're just a few games under 500. So, I mean, it's, God, man, who knows? That division is a whole other thing, but we'll get into that. So that division is a mess, but we will talk about it more. I think that's a good segue to the POS quarter. What do you think? Cool. Let's do it. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, 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 huge piece of shit. This is a slam dunk piece of shit for the week. Mickey Calloway. An absolute. But not for the reason you think. Justin, and I'll let you get into I'll let you rip into Mickey a little bit more after oh, yeah. this. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm going pure stats. Pure stats on Mickey. Okay. Mickey Calloway was a pitcher from the years 1999 to 2004. That is a five-year career in the MLB. He has a war of negative 1.5. He has a win-loss <laughs> record of 4-11 and 11 with a 6-2-7 ERA oh my and God. a whip of 1.714. Um, he played... Two years in Anaheim and two years in Texas, and uh, or and two in Tampa Bay, I guess. But what a piece of shit! What years uh, in Tampa terrible. Bay? Huh? What years in Tampa Bay? Ninety nine and two thousand and one, and then Anaheim two thousand two and three, Texas three and four. I don't remember him in Texas. I don't remember him in Tampa Bay either. Hmm. So in Texas, he pitched thirty innings between two years. <laughs> Anaheim about 70 the bulk of his career and then Tampa Bay was about 24 innings. Okay. So not not a ton of appearances. All right. But he was a terrible pitcher. A yeah. terrible terrible pitcher. And also as a manager his win percentage is 4.75. To put that into perspective, that would put him somewhere between the Orioles and the Seattle Mariners in terms <laughs> of win-loss percentages, right at about 24th and a half place in, in baseball terms out of 30 teams. So really- Mickey Callaway you're really bad at baseball, and you're actually not that good a manager. And I know Justin's going to talk about that a little bit more, so I'm going to leave that part alone. Yeah. So, well, we'll just talk about it right now. It just let, let's just go into this right now because that's okay. that's perfect. So, the Mets right now this season are 37 and 41. They're nine games off the lead. Okay, and that includes the fact that Philly just dropped like nine games or something like that 
within a span of like 20 days. And but I started diving in a little bit as to why this Mets team middles around so much. It pedals really. And it seems like everything's kind of boiling over. Last night, Jason Vargas lit up a reporter and Mickey Calloway tried to kick him out of the clubhouse. And it just seems like frustrations are starting to really run hot. And they're a 500 team. Like, they're not. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I get that there are definitely frustrations happening. And we're going to talk about why in just a second. But, like, I mean, 500's not terrible. You you can still go places halfway through. You're probably not going to, but you could be building for the future. And that's what you're trying to do, right? Yes. And so, like, that's... That's got to be at least a positive sign because they have not been very good the last couple of years. Just, I mean, injury alone. And, but I started looking into the numbers specifically. So they have the worst blown save or the most amount of blown saves in the majors with 17 blown saves. That's a lot. They're 14th in ERA. Their whole staff has a 464 ERA. They just fired their pitching coach for an and replaced him with an 82 year old corpse. Their pitching Whoa. is a fucking mess, okay? It's an absolute mess. <laughs> so they're also, they're fielding their fourth in the amount of errors in the MLB Ugh. with 57 errors in the field. Ugh. Offensively, they've, they're they 15th with runs scored with 371 runs scored, 15th in home runs, 16th in batting average at 252 as a team, 14th in OBP at 326 as a team, 16th and slugging at 430 as a team, 17th and OPS at 756 as a team. You've got to imagine that every one of those offensive statistical categories drops about five points when you remove Pete Alonso. Absolutely. No doubt about that. And so like that, that paints a perfect picture as to why they're about a 500 team because they're about a 500 lineup overall, right? Yeah. I will tell you, they are second in the league in hit by pitches at 41. It's very important. They are 18th in stolen bases at 31. The Royals are number one with 78 in perspective. And Texas is actually number two with 65. So I wanted to give you that real quick. Love it. I'm, that's impressive. We'll talk about that in a second. Well, I just got to say that I think championship teams definitely get hit by pitches and then steal bases. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just get on base, right? Produce runs. That's all you got to do. On their injured list, they have Yonatas Cespedes, who was injured in a farm accident this this past offseason, and Brandon <laughs> Nimmo, who is apparently suffering from some sort of whiplash. <laughs> These are normal people injuries. It's not like they threw the baseball so hard they hurt themselves. There's right. a farm accident and a car accident. Right. Unbelievable. How does this happen on one team? Their worst hip hitter is hitting 185, OBP of 250, and has an OPS of 517. Do you want to take a guess of who that might be? Non-pitcher? Correct. Um, who? I, no. Go, tell me. Juan Laguerrez, their center fielder. <laughs> That's fucking what I was going to say. I should have <laughs> just said it. That's really terrible. And he's batting seventh in the lineup, by the way. So, Ugh. overall... It feels so. I heard a lot of rumors that it sounds like Mickey Calloway is trying to get himself fired, which is absolutely hilarious. That's garbage. That's, that's, a, that's a garbage take. That's a great 
like storyline to be out there at all. And only the Mets could produce <laughs> a storyline like that, right? Right. That's so good. And I just, I love that that's even a thing. But you got to think that that's actually not a bad plan. If you want to just keep their, your money, just make them fire you. And But the problem is the the uh, Jeff Wilpon, the main managing partner that runs the, the baseball portion of everything, loves Mickey Calloway. <laughs> Uh, does it want to has like this guy can do no wrong did so i don't know if you've seen this in the last couple hours um he and vargas did pre-game interviews um so if if you'd like i can break down what i saw both in callaway and vargas i would love that uh all right so first first they do callaway and it's not quite an apology the way that he says things he goes anybody who knows me knows that i'm a competitive guy I'm going to go out there with a lot of passion. I'm going to be competitive with the players. I'm going to be a little aggressive with them. Maybe might be a little aggressive with some of the, some of the umpires. And, you know, you guys are a part of that too. I might be a little aggressive with you. I need you to know that that's not directed to you at all. What? And uh, I'm just going out there to compete. And it's like, what? No. You told that guy to go fuck himself. Yeah. And then- <laughs> you just generalized basic violence. Like <laughs> that's all you just did there. He was just really hopped up. I think he might have had like maybe too much iced coffee. I mean, and that'll like watch, Watched a little bit too much porn before that interview. It must um, and then you had uh, Jason Vargas, who looked like he had the meat sweats. And all he did was say, you know, it was unfortunate on all parties that that happened. And now I'm really focused on Philly. So glad you guys are here. Glad you guys spent the time. He said that. Glad you guys spent the time. And uh, I'll see you out there. And I'll see you after what? the game. That's all he said. He, just sweating like pastrami. Profusely. <laughs> what an asshole. What an asshole. Be- I mean, this is the guy that was having to be held back by by Noah Syndergaard, who has a who's on the DL right now also with yeah. a strained hamstring. So you're I mean, what are we doing here, boys? Like, come on. Like what I just don't understand why this is boiling over so much. It seems so I mean, it doesn't seem like that bad of a situation overall, right? I mean Yeah, I guess did we break down for the audience what happened? Basically, one of the reporters told Mickey Calloway the other day that he would see him tomorrow. Like, oh, see you tomorrow, Mickey. And then Mickey Calloway blew the fuck up. And Jason Vargas followed suit and got in the guy's face and said he would knock him out in the clubhouse. Um, and there's been, like, practically no apologizing about it. It's just something's boiling over in that clubhouse. And it has I, – I agree a little bit with Mickey. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with that reporter. <laughs> No, I Jeff, there's definitely frustration going on there, like regardless of what's happening. This is one of the things that I love about baseball, though, because it's so unique to baseball in the way that I mean, any locker room can run awry. But like, it's so different in baseball because it's such a frustrating game and it doesn't take much to throw you out of rhythm. It really doesn't. And it's so many weeks long the season, right? It's like there's so much time for a things to happen and B, for like tiny little things to like fester yeah. and like get infected. And then it just like, oh, I can't take this anymore. And it blows up players yeah. and managers alike. I'm pretty sure that if we were on the road for, you know, months and months on, with all these road trips, we'd start to hate Ben immediately. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> I was, I was, I was kind of hoping that you would say something other than we might start to hate each other because I think this would actually go pretty well. Oh, we'd be fine. <laughs> Either that or Ben would start to hate us really quickly, which that is probably more likely. 
Yeah, I mean, I say enough stupid things. Men would probably get annoyed with me. I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. All right, well, I think that's a great POS. The Mets stink out loud, but they don't stink out loud. They're not that bad. Like, I, I don't... I, it's really confusing, and it helps that the Phillies have been really shitty lately. Yeah. But still, like, they're not that terrible. They're not, but the Braves are just running away with this division. Both those teams are shitting the bed, and the Mets especially shitting the bed. The team is bl- playing poor baseball, and then the quote-unquote adults in the clubhouse are also not being very adult-like. So there's just right. it's just a really bad playground fight going on down there. The inmates are really running the asylum at this point. It's really <laughs> what's going on. I mean, it's but I mean, is that really that different from any other year? No, I mean, <laughs> Mets have always been a bit of a dumpster fire. But this feels particularly hostile. <laughs> it does. Like in previous years, it's one of those things where you're like, "Ah, oh, well." It's just the Mets. They're cute. They're fine. You know, but this this feels like a, a lockdown type situation. This doesn't feel Oh, yeah. Right. So I, I, I agree with that for all the reasons above. All right. So my POS corner of the week is Rob Manfred. Uh, and specifically, and we're going to get more into this story in just a second, but for specifically allowing this whole Montreal and Tampa Bay sharing a season thing to become a narrative whatsoever. And we're going to talk more about this here in just a second. So I don't want to be, like I don't want to give away too much in this, but it was a really shitty look for the league this week. And I don't think that they see it that way. And I just I I harp on this all the time, but like baseball is the worst about this kind of stuff where they'll they'll take a message and think it sounds like, "Oh yeah, this is this this punishment fits the crime" or, or whatever, and it just doesn't. And they just don't ever see it or something. And I thought that would get better under Rob Manfred, but it really hasn't. Do you think that has to do with the fact that there are so many moving pieces in baseball? Like there's, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of players on each team. There's a lot of issues surrounding the sport, I guess, not dissimilar to other sports. I just, I feel like baseball has more moving parts than more games, longer season, there's a lot to pull apart. Do you think that has something to do with it? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's not dissimilar to the NBA other than a little bit smaller ro- or bigger rosters, I guess. So, I mean, I'm with you there, but I think it's a lot of just old man money kind of thing in a lot of yeah. ways. And it's it's teams like the Mets. I hate to keep bagging on them, but it's like teams like the Mets who really don't make great business decisions overall. Yeah. And the product matters. The product absolutely matters. And it's that's why I hate it for the Mets. And I almost, man, that year that they went up against the Royals, I was pulling for them so hard because yep. they just live in agony. They really do. I know. And, it's and so true. They're not the only team. Like, they're, we talked about the Padres last time, too. Like, same kind of thing. And they're, they're a good amount of teams. Cincinnati's another one of those teams where, like, right now, they're not terrible. Like, they have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. But for whatever reason, it just never works out for them. It just stinks. Yeah. Entertaining the idea that Tampa Bay could split the season between Montreal and Tampa Bay is uh, so it's a little insulting, right? Like, yes, you're, you're allowing the ownership at Tampa Bay to both um, try and court a new city and extract a, a new stadium out of your existing city at the same time. Right. Um, 
that is terrible. That's just like profit mongering, right? You're doing whatever it takes to get the maximum value out of a, out of a particular club. And to, to entertain the idea and think that in any way, shape, or form that that's a feasible solution is just like completely ridiculous. It's Nobody insane. in their right mind, including the mayor of Tampa Bay, believes that this is even approaching reasonable. I agree with you. It, we'll just go into talking about it, and we'll just end the POS corner here because... Yeah, sorry. No, no, I think it's worth just going straight on into. We'll, we'll do this. <laughs> yeah, no, so I think, like, uh, you're 100% correct that allowing that to even fester looks bad, right? So essentially it came out this week that they're looking at the Rays who play at Tropicana Field, which is an absolute shithole, to essentially split their time between there and... Or they're, they're allowing them to explore the idea of splitting the season between there and Montreal. And at first, like, I saw this kind of bubbling up on Twitter and thought, this seems really strange, like, overall... You know, but I thought, okay, this is just one of those things that people are floating around. But then it kind of became a thing. And it like the more I read into it, the more I was just almost outraged by this. What were your initial thoughts on it? Well, initially I was like, I can't believe this actually got committee approval to explore. Like somebody, you know, that council or whatever, that's that small council in the MLB corner um, allowed this to be explored, which is just asinine right like there's no way that any one of those people believe that that's a feasible solution so outside of them making more money from them choosing one of those cities uh tampa bay with a new stadium or montreal with a move and a new stadium like they're making more money with either one of those so like that to me is the only reasonable way that you can approve that exploration right um so my initial impression was Fuck you. Why yeah. are you doing this? Like, what are you doing here? Why are you making yourself look bad this way? Like, that seems so dysfunctional. And that's not the way that things have ever been done in the league. And I don't know why you would consider setting that precedent other than to try to be, to look cutting edge and shocking. Like, that's yeah, the only I way mean, I can think, the only thing I can think of. That's got to be part of it, right? Because the team has an agreement with the city. They can't just... They can't even explore it without breaking that agreement. Right. And we've talked about this before with the publicly financed stadium thing where your tax dollars pay for a brand new stadium for these teams and it becomes an asset of the teams because who else is going to go play baseball in Atlanta's new stadium or whatever? You know, like, who? Like what? you know, I mean, it, it, it ends up holding the city hostage. They, they sell it on the fact that it'll br uh, bring jobs and economic value to the area when studies and everything are just proved that's plain wrong. It just, those yep. economics don't work. And I mean, the Atlanta stadium is a great example where they shoved that down taxpayers throats. Yeah. They snuck it into like a secret meeting and the vote passed unanimously or whatever. And everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. We and, didn't even you know, know about at this face, at face value, that economic, uh, like benefit that economic value prop makes sense. I mean, you show up to the ballpark and there's a lot going on. There's businesses that are thriving, bars and restaurants, apartments. Comcast has like a corporate office right there. There's a lot going on. It looks booming. It looks like they're making a lot of money. But you're right. The studies show that um, that's not actually the case in the long run. There's like destitution around there. There's 
you know, uh, food, what do they call it? Food vacuums. There's like no grocery stores around yeah. ballparks. Yeah. Food vacuum. I know what you're talking about. Like just all those studies, the urban studies that show that it does not add economic value for the price that it costs you over the long term. Cause yeah. you're talking about financing. Like, you know, in a lot of cases, like billion dollar stadiums over the course of 30 years, I mean, it's happening with the ballpark in at, in Arlington right now where the Rangers are getting a new ballpark and they don't need a new ballpark. They don't. But the voters voted for that. Absolutely. And I, I and that's fine. Like and you can do that. But it's still and it's levied in a tax that's like a travel tax anyway. That's yeah. apparently people, you know, like a rental car tax and stuff like that, that people pay Good. whenever they come into town. But ultimately, it still comes out of the taxpayer's pocket. And, yeah. you know, not to get all it has nothing to do with a political stance, but I'm saying from an economic value, what it costs you over the long run, it doesn't work. And so like but it becomes an asset to the team. And that's the the lucrative part about it for owners, because they're saying, yeah. why should I spend my billion dollars when I'll just get the taxpayers to build me a new one? And otherwise, I'll threaten to move the team. So we agree, we agree that this is like a horrible social move and financially it's bad for taxpayers. Can we just can you paint me a picture of what it would be like if this were to happen? So like I, I think split, the, <laughs> split games in Montreal and Tampa Bay, just the sheer chaos that would ensue. So I think the idea is that half the year would be nice enough in Florida to be able to have like an open like a non like roofed ballpark. And so you would it would cost you less to make a new ballpark in that in that scheme is the idea. And the same thing goes in Montreal for the other half of the year where it's nicer. So that does kind of make sense in a way. But also it doesn't because that team just gets two stadiums. And, and then the fan bases are totally boned. Right. right. So what do you do about that? We we were <laughs> we were <laughs> spitballing names like the X rays and all kinds of shit oh, like that. What was the one that I that I've Deadspin had a great one. It was uh the Tampon Tree Hall Expo Rays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It just the whole concept is so dumb. And we've talked about it before. The MLB can afford to add two teams. Absolutely can afford to add two teams. It would actually add a lot of balance to the league. And you know, we'll, we need to revisit that topic at some point with the, the current state of baseball since we ta last talked about it. But it's still like this. It's a ridiculous, absurd premise. I just I can't get around the fact that it just doesn't make any kind of logical sense to do that. It that <sighs> Nothing makes sense about it. And they're putting resources into that. That's the part that kills me about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, what is the resource, you know, allotment for something like that? Kind of unknown, but you got to think that that just detracts from the product on the field in some way, shape, or form. I agree with you. I mean, they, they've got to think so. And I just, I don't understand, like, don't fuck with the city of Montreal like that. Like, I hate this whole, like, dipping your toe in the water to try to, you know, try it out to see if NFL works in San Antonio or, you know, that's been lured yeah. over people's heads for years. It, all all the leagues do it. Just don't don't do that shit. Like you already pulled them out of Montreal to begin with. That's it's right. That's probably why they're doing it because there's a group of people there that love baseball and want it back. Right. And I get that, but that's such a cock tease. At the end of the right. day, it I really think, is. Doesn't that speak to the motive a little bit as well? Like, they're not trying out Nashville, which is not that far away. Vegas. 
Vegas is far. Yeah, I mean, logistically, yes. But I'm just saying, there. we've talked about a lot of locations where they could have different, you know, they, they probably could support an MLB team. I've and, got a great idea. Why don't they do two teams in Miami? Mm, add a little competition to no fans sitting there, huh? The Rays versus the Marlins? Hell yeah, let's do it. I feel like that's not played up nearly enough. No, it's not. It's not like um, the Bay Bridge series or what do they call the New York one, like the Subway series? Subway series, yeah. Those are those are all great. And the Chicago the Chicago series, those are all excellent. For the storyline alone. Yeah. Would what kind of vicious scenario would you paint where a Marlin would be attacking a stingray? Ooh, or a devil I just ray, don't I mean. see that happening. No. I don't I think nature doesn't, you know, they're not connected on the food chain at all. But that's so some, dumb. You got, some, you got a blue water marlin, they're out in the open, and then you got a reef, a reef ray. They're not, yeah, they're that, not interacting. I mean, once again, MLB just gets it blatantly wrong. Yeah, no, they totally fucked this. Yeah. I, I just this whole thing just enraged me, and so many people have asked me what I think about it. And I just I'm flabbergasted by the fact that it's even being talked about at all. I, I think you might have alluded to this a little bit earlier, but like it's a PR play. It's like, what's the edge and what are we trying to do? Let's be let's let's get a little of attention here. They, I don't think they have any inclination that this is going to be a real thing. There's no way that it could possibly happen. I, I just I don't see how it would it would that would kill those players like with yeah. the travel alone, because you'd be on the road like there is not there's no home field advantage, really. You get 41 games in Tampa and 41 games in Montreal. Talk about like having to split costs across two cities, two different apartments. Yuck. And God forbid they make the playoffs. How would that work? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, uh, what I happens don't if they have to play a one game game play in? Where do you play that at? Does Tampa Bay, if they split the series first half Tampa, second half Montreal, does Tampa actually let them play in Tampa? I don't know. I, I I mean, they did in 2012 where they... This is so fucked up. Dude, this is a stupid premise. It's stupid to even be talking about it, to be honest. I don't even like giving it giving it. I legs. was just thinking, why are we giving this press? I, I know. I just, I really don't even... It, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, just like anything else the MLB does like this. It just seems... The only thing I've been able to think of is just the PR. <sighs> I don't see how it makes sense in any other feasible way. And so in this case, would would you see them literally just splitting the season in half? I thought that's what the proposition was, but I mean, I'm sure they can slice it any way they please. I mean, how pissed off would you be if like they got off to a good start in Tampa Bay, your home team, you're, you know, going to games, you're loving it. And then they just take off for the other half of the season. Ugh. You can't maintain that, maintain a fan base that way. So I mean, th- they painted a one year picture, right? It's here's what happens in one season. But if they painted a longer term scenario where the plan was to not split the seasons forever, but maybe slowly migrate over to Montreal, which in its own sense doesn't make a lot of logical sense. But if you're up in Montreal, you are closer to the Blue Jays and the Sox, and the Yankees. like You're closer to most of the teams you're going to play. Um, so if they were to make a slow migration to a team that's closer, like that would end up being good for the players in the long run, but not in any in-between like gradient stages. And like the, 
I agree with that, other than the fact that I think that they should, if they're going to, they should just shit or get off the pot and just yes. Yes. expand or no. not expand. Like, don't slow play it like that. That seems like, like, you know what the market is in, in Montreal. You Like, they left there because they ultimately couldn't get the taxpayers to pay for a stadium, and that's typically what happens in these cases. Yeah, they're trying to start a bidding war between two cities for a stadium. That neither care, care that much about, because one doesn't right. even have a team. Neither city's that good. Can we just be honest about this? I don't know why. We've talked about this at nauseum before, but I don't even know why Tampa Bay is a team at all. I really huh. don't. I I, don't I've never understood that. I've always thought that you should have moved them instead of the Expos. You just made them the Nationals instead, and that would have balanced things out the other way. Yeah, weird. It just it was always very strange. I mean, this is a league that went for how long with uneven divisions? I mean, so long. Like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> it just seemed, and and all that is just rivaled in tradition and all that. I don't even want to hear the word tradition in baseball anymore. <laughs> I really don't like those two associated anymore. Uh, that's funny. I like the the history factor of it, but leave it at that. It doesn't have to be the present. It can be the history of the game. Yeah, I agree. So I get why they're they're you know. I guess I get why they're trying to expand into new markets, but it just feels like uh, it's almost like I don't really, like I don't I don't know the the closest thing to describing it, but buying something on a credit card that you can't really afford, but doing it to say you have it, you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of the same concept. It's like oh, we want to see the charge, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. Um, but the, there's that whole thing where it's like oh, or they're saying like oh, well, we want to expand, but we don't really want to expand expand but we want to expand our reach but we don't really want to actually put the resources in to do it that's kind of what it ends up being it's all just hot air i think it is there's no way i mean do you think the other side of that is do you think that they're trying to rile up the amount of interest in montreal at all maybe just to see what that looks like i mean that's that's just using (laughs) montreal though um yeah i guess that's possible but I, i don't think that's a primary motive you got to think that there's some logic to that, though. Yeah, there's logic, but I mean, there's other ways to, you know, determine the level of excitement and try and drum up some support other than like dangling a major league sport team in front of their face for half the season. I mean, dude, they've been doing it for half the season. That's just a ridiculous premise all the way around. <laughs> like I just mentioned a little bit ago, like the NFL's always done that with San Antonio, where it's always like, oh, well, you know, if, if, we can't get a new stadium out of you. We'll just we'll have to move that team to San Antonio, you know. And I don't Fine. want Montreal to become that thing where it's like, oh, that's always the leverage spot where everybody's like, ooh, oh, you know, uh, Montreal would like the Expos back, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Gosh, I hope not. I don't like that play at all. Okay, we'll build you a new stadium. Regardless of the sport. Yeah. yeah, and then okay, we'll build you a new stadium, and then you know, three years down the line, oh well, you know. The Rangers are tired of the indoor park and they want to move north. You, you know, that kind of thing. Like the expos sound great. It's just it's silly. It really is. It's silly. all just scummy and it's it feels wrong and none, none of it's actually happening. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. We're talking about power hungry money people. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, this is the, the league that just doesn't invest halfway back into their team whenever mm-hmm. they don't think they're going to be good. I mean, there's. There's deep-seated issues going on there, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, think about how long, you know, like the commissioners have gone for so long. 
Well, there's been like two ever commissioners, right? right? Bud C looks like a jillion years old. How is that guy ever was he ever qualified to be running this league for more than a couple of years? No, he's not qualified at all. And it just it feels like Rob Manfred's trying to take this places, which I do see the vision on and I appreciate, but I just still feel like some of the same stupid shit still happens. Oh yeah. I'm one hundred percent with you. This story absolutely infuriated me. It really boiled my blood. <laughs> grind your gears grind my gears it did because it just like i said i don't like the situation of being used as leverage in any way so fair that's what it comes down to all right man well we're gonna go ahead and get out of here we want to remind everyone to follow us on social media that's at outfielder pod on instagram and on twitter facebook at sensibly loud media and of course sensiblyloud.com for all the blogs pods and more we want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 71 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Get